0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Ariel Hawani, host of the MMA Hour on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Each week, we interview the biggest names in the world of mixed martial
1: arts and beyond. So tune in live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern over at MMAfighting.com or download the show afterwards on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you then.
0: Uh, welcome back to the Limited Upside podcast. I almost forgot how to do that little introduction there, Prada, but uh, we're back, and I'm sorry for the long hiatus. Um, we're not it dead. It feels even better to be back. We're not dead. Mike's healthy, happy. He's a, he's crushing it in fatherhood, apparently, and that's awesome. Um, and uh, we have a great guest today, Mike Pina. You guys know him. He's been on this podcast I don't know, like six or seven times, eight times at this point. Um, Pina, thanks for coming on, buddy, and, and coming back with us.
2: I hope I haven't worn out my welcome.
0: <laughs> uh, the gift that keeps on giving. We wanted to uh, turn the playoffs, the playoffs upside down. Pray to you approached me today with this topic. Um, lay it out there and tell me why this is so, such an interesting, um, you know, kind of uh, let's call it an experiment to play out,
1: and uh, why you wanted to do this topic. Well, so everybody may or may not know, in the G League once the d league now the g league they've put in this experiment a couple years ago where once instead of just doing one plays eight and two plays seven and whatever they do they allow the teams that are at the the number one seed gets to pick who their first round opponent is and then the second seed picks from the remaining teams and so on and so on and i think this would be awesome in the nba i think it would add to the beef imagine you know the mm-hmm. top seed picks a team and then that gives the team extra motivation. Like, I think that would add so much spice. And I think it's especially interesting this year because seeds five, you know, really four through eight in each conference, and in some cases three through eight, are really close together. So, the matchups are going to be really interesting. So, what we're going to do is we're going to pretend that this system exists in the NBA right now. We're going to have the number one seed pick who we think they should pick for their first round opponent. We've each prepared our own lists, so we're going to see where we agree and disagree. And then we're going to do the second seed and then the third seed uh, and go on down the list. Uh, just so I know this is a point of contention with Ben, but to make this a little bit more the ground rules kind of make more sense. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to work out this way, but we have decided to, for the purposes of this exercise, say that the Cavaliers and not the Sixers will get the third seed. And I know you're not too happy about this.
0: Yeah, we, I'll, I'll bite my tongue for now. Let's let's play the game.
1: <laughs> okay. And the reason is is because, look, the Cavs are, even if they don't get the three seed, they are among the favorites in the East. And therefore, it would be interesting to think – it would be a little more interesting to think about who they would want to play than the Sixers.
0: It would be silly not to include LeBron as kind of like the pinnacle of the Eastern Conference still. And And nobody would pick Cleveland.
1: And nobody would pick Cleveland if we toss them into the bottom five. So maybe they would. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Maybe they would. So let's do this. Let's do this. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. The number one seed Toronto Raptors have their pick of the following five teams to play in the first round. The Washington Wizards, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Indiana Pacers, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Miami Heat. Pina, if you were the Toronto Raptors, who would you pick to face in the first round
2: and why? It's got to be those crappy Sixers, right? <laughs> 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 Any contention with that pick right there? I mean, that's you know, it. The obvious choice.
0: Well, I was going to go there as well.
2: Okay, no, that's not who I had. My actual answer is the Indiana Pacers. And hmm. that's just because, I mean, a lot of this is based on, you know, rotation shrinking and, uh, you know, star power coming to shine. That's what the playoffs are all about. And as good of a season as Victor Oladipo has had, He's kind of falling off a little bit over the past few weeks. Uh, his numbers since the All-Star break haven't been great. Um, this team is not really that deep. They play really funky, two big lineups uh, off the bench. Trevor Booker's kind of been shoehorned in. He's getting minutes for some reason. Uh, I just don't really like them. Their offense has been wretched. Recently, um, their defense has been solid, but I'm not sure if that's just more of a luck-based, small sample size thing. Uh, and when I just compare them to the other options, again, this team just has the worst star power. So that's that's hmm. my answer.
1: Okay, so not feeling the surprise team of the league. It's a well thought out answer. I mean, that's this was hard before
0: the podcast. We were saying like this was not an easy exercise. Like the. The matchups are important, but I also I was thinking about the emotional side of the game as well. And I, I don't I don't want to play in, Indiana is a place where they get they get behind their basketball um, as a city, as, as a state, I should say, in this case. And like it can get loud there. And I think that they have kind of one of those Prada, you gave me this term the try hard mentality. So I'd stay away from I'd pick the bucks like the record says. Really, I feel like I feel like take your shot Ugh. at stopping one player and see. I mean, Middleton's fine, but I take the Bucks. I think that that's, I think they're still the um, the least complete team that would make the playoffs.
1: Oh wow, I am surprised yeah. to hear that. Very yeah. and surprised. This is not to hear easy. That. I flipped this two times before the podcast. So you're, you don't have any sort of fear of what happened last year.
0: No, no. I like I want like I want that. I also think like. I think you want the opportunity for, if there's going to be beef for whomever it may be, like you want to settle that just go one through eight and say it's record. You don't want to give a team any chip on their shoulder. And I thought about that as we were going through the mentality of these teams. also take my chances with the Bucs fan base. Not that they're bad or anything, but that's not as as daunting of an arena to play in, in my opinion, um, as if you're going to Indiana. That No, that's, again, part of this was I'd Indiana flipping with the Bucs a few times, but I, I still come back to Indiana being like, if Sabonis can come back and be healthy, uh, one of those try-hard teams that'll match up well, and I want to see what they can do in the playoffs after this kind of crazy season. They're one of these teams who shouldn't be there as well. It's like kind of a house money situation.
2: My goal is to get on NBA TV, so... (laughs) Well, you're you're good at you're good in both
1: got cases. It. Then you got it either way, my friend. So, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> what? So, I guess Ben, what you're saying, and I'm curious to hear what Pina thinks because um, I actually had a different team than all of those, but I'll get to my pick <laughs> in a bit. But I want to talk about Milwaukee a little bit. So, the prevailing theory behind the Bucks is that, yeah, they're the most confusing team. Yeah, they're the most uneven team, but they also have the highest upside because they arguably have. The best player, the second best player in the East. I guess you could argue with that, but you can make the argument that you have, They have the second best player. They have a talented team around them, and in the playoffs, you don't want to face the better team, the team with the higher ceiling, because you figure they might get it together and see what they've got. Do you not? So you're saying you don't really buy that, Ben.
0: Well, I, I, at some point I think you kind of are who you are, but I also think that the Raptors are a team who, if you're going to talk about a team who could be like upset by any one of these teams, I think, um, and the Raptors are the best team in Eastern conference this year and they're going to win their first round series. But like, is the potential there to be beaten by um, a well-coached, again, super try hard team that maybe wades, steals a game or two, and then the heat make it a tough series. Sure. Um, do you want you wouldn't want to really pick the wizards. I would assume they're a pretty good team. The Sixers I no. think you you wouldn't pick the Pacers and the Bucks to me feel like the two teams who'd be the most vulnerable. And I, I think the Bucks in this case, just track record of the season. I mean, the Pacers have been quite good. They've been quite good on the road. One of the games that stuck out to me this whole season, and I've probably watched him play like 10 times. We've talked about them a lot on this podcast this season. Um, it was a game in Boston, maybe like a month and a half ago, uh, Pina, if you recall. And mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, it's mostly because the way they match up with Oladipo. He's such an incredible two-way wing right now, and like
1: he's that, struggling a little bit, like Pina said, he, he hasn't he's quite been he hasn't quite been the same caliber player in the last three or four weeks,
0: uh, for sure. And there is the idea they take a lot of like, you know, mid-range jump shots. Um, so the yeah. analytics are, I guess, against them as well. But uh, again, I think you could flip a coin for me. I went with the Bucks.
1: Pina, do you do you agree that the Bucks are like? Do you, do you disagree and think that the Bucks have a higher ceiling? Because I mean, Giannis can I mean, play more. I don't think the ceiling. I agree with though. Like
0: I, the Bucks I probably the, do.
2: Yeah, I don't have the Bucks on my list for any of the teams. Mm-hmm. Really? And and the I mean, what you said about your ceiling. Like if you, I've talked to a few people. Around the league, mostly from the perspective of the Celtics, who they'd rather play play the the Heat or the Bucks, and basically everyone was like, "Giannis Antetokounmpo will play 48 minutes, so <laughs> uh, I don't want any part of that." And I don't know if they get Malcolm Brogdon back. <clears throat> uh, that's a really, and they can go small at the end of games with Giannis at the five. That's not really something I would be really pumped to go against. I I understand that they're the eight right now for a reason. Uh, They don't really shoot a lot of threes. Um, They're not tight defensively. Uh, But, I mean, they attack so much in the open floor. I don't think that that's going to be the case uh, in a seven-game series. Um, And I, I just don't understand... You know, their rotation right now, I I don't understand why Tony Snell doesn't play more minutes and why Jason Terry and Brandon Jennings play at the same time. So if if that continues, I I understand why, you know, you would want to go up against this team. But again, like I just don't (laughs) think they're going to sub out uh, Giannis and, and he's just a monster.
1: So I looked this stat up today because I was I was watching been watching the Bucks a lot recently and I, I was having this <laughs> thought. Um, yeah, I know, shocking. I'm watching Giannis. So, but this yeah. is about Giannis. So the sure. the logic here is that that's that guy is so dominant um, on both ends that you just like and in the playoffs you can play that guy more. I looked this up. So you remember he had like some sort of knee lingering knee issue in January. Uh, and he kind of I guess his residue from the summer. So I, I kind of thought this was an interesting stat that I looked up. So I, before the injury happened, he was shooting about ten shots in the restricted area a game and about uh, not over nine free throws a game, right? Since the injury, he's down to, and I'm trying to get the exact number because I, you know, I'm dumb and I don't actually prepare these things uh, up on my <laughs> screen. But he's down to, I want to say it's about eight something shots at the rim. Uh, here we go. It is, no, I wrote this down. Don't worry. I just didn't prepare. Okay. This is very
0: scientific. I thought you were just going to be like, ish. I was like, all right. Anyway. No, no, no.
1: I wrote this down. I just, uh, I just have to go find where I wrote it down. Okay. So since he had the knee pain, he's shooting only 8.6 restricted area shots in the game. Before the injury, only less than six mid-range and beyond shots a game. Since the injury, 7.1 mid-range shots and beyond. His free throws are down to 7.8 a game, and he's shooting more threes. Now, my theory here is that I wonder if can you really count on Giannis to play all those minutes? I think he might be a little worn down.
2: And oh, I, I'm not, yeah, he'll probably wear down. Just like, I think he is
1: worn down a yeah, little no. bit.
0: All these guys are the top players who've been really substantially carrying a, a, a massive burden on their te- uh, of the burden of, uh, for their teams all year, like Oladipo and Giannis, both ways, definitely wear down.
1: Yeah, I mean it is true though. You don't really know what what the Bucks rotation will look like. I do think they've missed Brogdon quite a bit, and. I, I think that's that's fair, and also by the way, the Bucks have played Toronto quite well this year. You'll recall that that game yeah, they won true. when the Raptors are at right. the peak of their powers.
0: You, two, two out of you guys, you got me here. Two, two out of uh, okay. three.
1: Let's take them off the board for the next pick.
0: So we'll take the, we'll take the Pacers off the board.
1: So so okay. See, I was gonna say I'm picking Miami. That's the team <laughs> I want to face.
0: That oh, that would okay. be my
1: pick. Um, speaking of the Pacers, they played three times, all three games have been close against Toronto. There's, um, that great game in Indiana recently. Uh, I think that would be a tricky matchup for the, the Raptors in a lot of ways, because I, especially if Miles Turner keeps playing the way he has down the stretch, you know, that's a guy who can pull your big guys away from the rim. And I think Toronto's a little vulnerable to that. Um and you know Miami offers some of that in their second unit with Kelly Olynyk but they don't have that on their first unit and I just think it's going to be really hard for Miami to score points in the playoffs. I think it will at least Indiana has Got Oladipo they've got some good shooters. Miami I just think it's going to be such a slog and because of that I would much rather play them than I would Indiana at this point. So that's just me.
2: I have I have Miami uh that was my next pick for the Celtics. Um and I agree with just about everything you said. The one thing the the one reason why I had them second instead of first is just coaching, um, you know, three point shooting. And I I, I kind of think that Spolstra could get really funky with his rotation, put Olenek at the five and then, you know, play these like four wing slash guard units with Ellington and Dragic, Tyler Johnson Richardson um, just get real weird. And uh, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, they kind of just know who they are a little bit better than Indiana does. Um, Hmm. That being said, like what I said about star power again, I don't really know if there's anybody on Miami who, who scares me in terms of they have another level that they can reach either. So I was kind of flipping back and forth between those two teams well, um, and kind of settled on Indiana.
1: Well, I mean, for those, all those guards, I mean, that's just, that's why you have Fred Van Fleet and Dale on Wright. You know, that's sort of the whole point of having that. Sure. So I feel like that's not a big a problem. I mean, I guess the, quest, the one challenge might be if Winslow's three point shot really is real, I know he shot really well over the last six weeks. I'm still in like, prove it to me when there's a little more pressure on you mode. Then they could play him and Richardson, and that would be a bear for DeRozan and Lowry. But I, I just don't think Miami is a particularly scary team in any way. Whereas at least Indiana, Oladipo is a tough player to deal with. They have already the short playoff rotation. Again, if Turner plays the way he has down the stretch, you know, I have two real threats. I think that Miami just, I mean, Miami has like a half a threat and they're great movement. So that's just me anyway.
0: All right. So are we, till we taking off, the, let's, let's transition to what Pina just said though, for, for the Celtics. So you have the heat for the Celtics. Um, you articulated that pretty well. I, I, for the Celtics, I actually I also had the Heat. So that, and I, for more of the same reasons. But mostly, I look at it like one of those matchups where if you can tell me that Miami's um, home advantage will be slightly mitigated by the amount of Celtics fans that'll be there, and uh, <laughs> which is it's true, it's true, it's true. But Boston, the Northeast fans invade, you know, the playoff situation and have for years. Um, but I, I also think that uh I also think like the Celtics are a team who's probably going to want to match up with a team who doesn't have the best player on the court, so it won't be the Bucks in this case, um, and they would have the best player on the court at every at all times in that series. They're not going to pick the Cavs. I do think that if they had to play the Wizards, and this depends upon how Wall and if Wall comes back and what's going to play with that, um, the Wizards were a series I thought about too uh, for the Celtics for my for watching sake and and because I also think it's a matchup the Celtics. Um, uh, would have you know a slight advantage in as well. but I, I, I like the Celtics having the heat, and that was probably the one that stood out the most,
2: yeah. If the Celtics don't have healthy Kyrie, and they definitely don't have Marcus Smart. Um, I want no part of the wizards, yeah, that's yeah, just I mean, a that, real that's a real tough one.
0: the health is is such a. In general, big question mark because the Celtics right now, who who would you want to match up with without knowing what the health situation is going to be right now? i would like like entire...
2: a I'd like a first round buy. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. okay.
1: So with the Wizards, don't you think that they maybe are in a slightly better position this year to even if Kyrie is out to deal with that those two guards because you have Brown is much more improved. Rozier has played oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. better uh, and has re- and I think he would give them a lot of problems. And look. Say what you want about Al Horford in certain matchups, but man, he kills the Wizards, and I Chosen. don't think I don't think they've figured out they have a real solution there to do that. I'm not saying I'd pick them, but you know, I'm not sure. I guess because really, your other options are Indiana, because uh, they which has played Boston very tough, real tough. That's why this year, um, and I don't think that Boston really would like to see Philadelphia, although they have played the Sixers pretty well this year.
0: Yeah they have. They I mean they they got them early and then they got them in London for a, what was considered a home game but they have they they always uh tend to play up against the
1: Sixers.
2: Yeah, I don't want, I don't want the Sixers <laughs> at all. That team scares me.
1: So you so do you think um know, the Bucks are totally out of the question here? Like you think the Celtics really don't want to see them?
2: Mm, I mean, I know and just talking to people with the Celtics that they don't want to see them. The Bucks, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's honestly like it's a kind of a sixty forty proposition to me between Miami uh, and Milwaukee for Boston. I, I, I th- all the bad things that I said about Milwaukee, I think <laughs> will kind of. Tra- I mean, I thought Jabari Parker would be better, and yeah. uh, he looks just atrocious. Um, yeah, I don't think he looks atrocious.
1: So, I just, I mean, he he looks he, he looks I mean, just he like looks, sort of like he's running around, not really sure where he's going to be. But he, I mean, he looks a, I think he looks fine. But uh, I, I take your point that he doesn't, he's not the sort of scary threat in the playoffs that I suppose you really have to worry about. He no. just
2: doesn't know where his shots are coming from. He's wretched defensively. <laughs> um, yeah, he's didn't bad. close last night, and in a tight game against the Clippers, when yeah. I don't know, he's just hasn't been. I wish he would pass the ball. That's, that's yeah, that'd yeah, be he,
1: cool. He had a couple nice passes last night, but certainly, yeah. but they were like on the pick and roll, and yeah. So, <laughs> the, is the logic for not seeing Milwaukee simply the Giannis factor? Because otherwise, they they would have Horford probably guard Giannis, and then they have collective defensive length. I think, to really cut off the basket in a way that um, would limit Milwaukee. I know Milwaukee's offense is statistically good, but still, I think, stoppable. If Milwaukee downsizes, Boston can downsize right with them. And Milwaukee's defense defensive problems would seem to suggest that going against a motion offense like Boston, even though there's the Giannis' scary factor – I don't know like I kind of think that might be a better matchup for them than they're giving themselves credit for which is why I'm curious if it's if there's more to the fear of Milwaukee than just the Honest factor.
2: Um not I mean a little bit. I think that that def- the, I don't think that the Celtics have been as uh the ball does not hop with the Celtics as much as it has in years past and they really don't have I mean I really don't, if Kyrie's out and if Marcus Smart's out, you're really relying on Shane Larkin to enter the rotation as a a pretty significant ball handler. Uh, You're relying on Marcus Morris to be like first or second in usage for you. And I don't know if Al Horford can stay on the court and and handle Giannis for 40-plus minutes a game for an entire series. So And and Jalen and... Jason Tatum, I don't think that they're up for that matchup at this point in their careers yet. So it's uh I mean this is kind of just relative to Miami. I still think the Celtics would beat uh the Bucs, but if I had to pick one of those teams, I'm I'm just going with the one that doesn't have the top six player.
1: Okay. I'll reluctantly pick the boxes in this spot because I already picked Miami because I think Indiana one of the problem, one of the keys to Indiana's success, relatively defensively recently, is that they use Oladipo in this like roaming kind of help off the worst guy mode. And so I think it would be better for them to go against a team with someone who is a questionable shooter at one of the wing spots, or someone that you have to sort of make them pay, or there's some question about whether their wings are going to be able to hit shots. And Boston strikes me as that type of team relative to some of the other options. And so I think for their defensive strategy, it would allow they, Oladipo would be more able to roam around. Whereas even though Cleveland has had success, the Pacers have had a success against Cleveland this year, I think it will be really hard for Oladipo to do that when the Cavs spread the ball up floor and put shooters on the floor. So I think if I'm Cleveland, I'd want that matchup. I guess I tip my hand. Go keep, keep going then. So if you're <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty much that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess you know, the one question that is sort of unanswered in all this is um, I think it's pretty clear we all agree that no team would pick Philly. Although, I, I mean, we can talk for a long time about yeah, Philly mean, in the playoffs. And then there's Washington. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the Wizards. And yeah. that's still like kind of, we don't see, know what John Wall's going to do. And we don't quite know what the playoff rotation is going to look like. And they've been kind of strange all year. And they also have guys that you can help off, I think. Uh, but at the same time, if Walt comes back flying, Beal goes nuts and Porter hits shots and they play a little more of their small lineups, you know, with Sadoransky and Ubre emerging, like that's still a scary team to deal with. So it's hard to put into action. I'm curious, did either of you guys have Washington for Cleveland?
2: I did, yeah. Okay. And they're just a very, like, blah team to me. You kind of just don't know what you're going to get and the fact factoring in Wall I just don't know what John Wall is going to look like um, so it's just you know relative to Philly and like I guess Milwaukee would be the other team that I didn't choose I just don't know what I'm getting with Washington and Mike I know you definitely have watched a lot more Wizards basketball than I have um, but I haven't missed a game <laughs> <laughs> I'm but torturing I, myself. I, <laughs> I watched the uh, the Spurs, or I watched the first half of that game, Spurs-Wizards. I think that was last night or two nights ago or whatever. Um, and, I mean, their defensive strategy was basically just to get the ball out of Beal's hands. And the other guys made them pay. But for a whole series, if Wall isn't, I, don't, I just don't even know what his health situation is. And if he looks like he did earlier this season or if he affects Sadaransky in the rotation um who's been one of my favorite players this season um I just don't I, I don't know what I'm really getting with that team
1: Ben would you have the Wizards <laughs> or Milwaukee uh, so in Cavs? this case
0: I would have Milwaukee for them um I, I, one of the reasons I think the Wizards are an interesting matchup ultimately is because if the Cavs are going to be successful if they can space it, the full court out and really you know, have Kevin Love be their center, in which case then the Wizards don't have to play Gortat and they can get smaller too with Oubre in, and then they're going to play to their strengths. And they've played the Cavs in some of the most fantastically fun games like over the course of the last two seasons, just matchup wise. And I feel like that over a seven game series would be great to watch. Um I will say though that like it, it, if Milwaukee is the option I, for sure that's who you'd pick in that it, it, for matchup purposes. But I'm not sure that I would have Milwaukee on my board here, guys. So I don't have that in my notes. I have them, all, you know, first <laughs> round. This is the whole part about. Up to, yeah, anyhow,
1: so just to review. Um, Pina, you you would have Toronto versus Indiana. You would have Boston versus Miami, and then you would have Cleveland versus Washington, which would leave Philly against Milwaukee in the four five in the quote unquote four five. Ben, sure. yeah. you yeah. would have Toronto versus Indiana. You would have Boston versus Miami. No, I,
0: had t- I had Toronto. I had Toronto versus Milwaukee.
1: Oh, that's right. Toronto versus Milwaukee. You'd have Boston versus who exactly? Miami, and then you would have Cleveland against. Milwaukee, which would leave Indiana and Philly no, in the four I would have Cleveland. Against, I would have Cleveland against the Pacers, man. Okay, so that's, okay. Yeah. Wow, we're yeah. doing a great job with this. All right, <laughs> I would have because we, we should have shared our three lists with each other before. The no, podcast. but that, no, because then we would have been influenced by each other. We can't do that. That's true. That's
0: true. That's okay. True. Yeah. So, so I would have Cleveland Pacers, and then I think the Sixers and Wizards just by fate alone because
1: this podcast. We we are willing this to happen, so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna go down. All right, so I would have um, Toronto against Miami, uh, Cl- Boston against Milwaukee, and then Cleveland against Indiana, which again would leave Philly and Washington. The wizard. The point about the wizards and sort of you're not really sure what to get. I think Ben is onto something where he says you know the Cavs because by virtue of how small they are, I think would sort of force the Wizards into playing the players they really should play. And I, I think that's a... And it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, two underrated keys, I think, for how well the Wizards succeed in the playoffs. One is, can Markeith Morse keep shooting like he's a 39% three-point shooter, which he has been this year? I think that's really helped them in the Everybody Eats era uh, that is dying mm. a slow death now. Because uh, it turns out... <laughs> Turns out John Wall's pretty good. Um, can he keep doing that? And if he can, can he do that from the five position when he plays a lot? Because uh, that would be pretty significant if he could. And then by the same token, Kelly Oubre's three point percentage has tanked over the last few weeks. If he can't get that back up, our team's going to ignore him and kneecap the offensive strength of. Going small, and then the uh, the final thought, of course, is you know how many is Sa- how many minutes is Saturansky gonna play, and if John Wall comes back, what exactly is the team gonna look like stylistically, is a sort of question. But I, if I'm Cleveland, I I would be worried about like who guards. I guess your strategy against Beal would be to swarm him, and Mike, you don't think the rest of the Wizards would be able to make him pay? You would probably. Stick to Otto, swarm him off Beal with wall with Wall's man and with um Markeith Morris's man is that would you basically use LeBron as like a free safety in that matchup?
2: Yeah, I think that that's the gamble that you'd have to make if you know Wall isn't uh the same player um and your your goal is to get the ball out of Beal's hands um but I don't know I mean you just took talked earlier about Uh, you know, downsizing and putting Markeith at the five. And I know with Cleveland, you know, they've played Jeff green, LeBron in the front court. And that they, I doubt that happens. They, they primarily did that because love Nance and Tristan Thompson were all out and hurt. Um, but like those lineups where LeBron just has so much space, and the opposing team is forced to downsize and there's no rim protection, he just he destroys you at the rim. Uh, sure. So yeah. I don't know if that's a great matchup for Washington.
1: Okay. That's that's
0: true. When LeBron yeah, can be the bully sense. on the court, he's very effective at it.
2: Yeah. That
0: would be a very high-scoring series, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to uh, – I mean, I'll, I'll give you the one thing that I'm going to sell a discreet. By the way, Marco Fulces had it unbelievable block whatever doesn't make a difference who's watching his game and doing a podcast at the same time Who but block? um uh i forget uh there was beasley going did baseline you, did, did you like. make did you make it up no no you'll see it it's <laughs> it's a <laughs> okay. 7-1 wingspan in full display i have a joke with my friend i don't know if he even listens to this podcast it's quick aside the prep round like all he does is quote measurables i may tell you this in the uh in the office parade, but like what's the joke no, the joke is that like, no matter what, th- no, that's the joke that like, that like, no matter what, and then you extend it. So he'll, he'll be like, you know, Markel falls will be playing uh, tonight for the Sixers and uh, Markel, you know, 7-1 wingspan. He just like throws in little things that aren't even pertinent. And so it'll be like Markel's birthday. Uh, is also coming up. Markel is uh, <laughs> a
1: turn ni- t- 19 years old. Two, 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 what an impression. Two, his favorite, his favorite uh, food is uh, his favorite breakfast 25, cereal 25, is Lucky Charms. But, but he would be like,
0: he eats approximately uh, two and a half uh, to three and a half bowls of Lucky Charms a day. Like he, everything is like a uh, Anyhow, I thought it was a hilarious because when you see it, you guys will
2: notice it now too. Uh, uh, but, okay, yeah. I'll take
0: your word for it. Is that a pretty good Brett Brown impression?
2: It was, it was okay. Um, I have a random question for you, Ben, that might hey, get cut from this podcast. Um, what were, what was your, what were your thoughts when <clears throat> Markel was asked about the shoulder injury and he put a towel mm. over his head and mm. refused to answer the question twice? Um,
0: we can keep it in the podcast. Cause like, I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I was disappointed because he handled everything else really well. And like, I I feel really, really sympathetic for the pressure that he's under. Like I have a a speck on the earth job and like this guy's under a microscope. That's more you know, powerful than anything I can imagine and did a good job coming back, feeling the energy of the crowd, the teammates, et cetera, and and did a good post game interview. And like, you could tell you felt good to be part of the team. But part of that is look after the game, man, this is becoming a more and more high profile team. Like, by the minute, uh, beyond my wildest dreams for this season, you know, to be honest. And now with that that in mind, like, you're going to have that scrutiny. If you're coming back with 10 games left or whatever <laughs> as the number one pick in the draft, like, you're more than just a storyline. So to be asked about the thing that allegedly is why you've been, you know, out for 60 whatever games it was, um, that, you know, you should have been ready, number one. I'm not going to blame the Sixers organization, the PR, whatever, for not giving them a little pep of, like, hey, bud, they're going to uh, ask you about while you're out? You know, like, you can't just be like, surprise and here. What and, if he planned that. the act out as like a statement? I mean, yo, know, look, if that was the deal, and they told him, "Look, just don't do anything, put a towel over your head, et cetera, Then, like, fine. <laughs> I I think he's an adult, and he probably plans out. But um, by the way, Markel looks fantastic. I don't know if okay, you guys, okay. uh, I know you're not watching, but like watching him out there falling <laughs> makes right, me buddy. like, I'm I'm I feel I feel inside like I'm uh, a level of happiness. And again, it's because it's that coach mentality, like the way you feel when you when your team does well but it's not you it's someone else like that's i hope how everyone in philadelphia feels for this kid because you get to remember and that he's so young and that maybe the fragility of his emotional uh, uh quotient wasn't quite as high as you know maybe his uh
1: salary if you will okay over or under 10 minutes a game in the playoffs for mark Fultz? under under yeah, yeah i yeah, say yeah, under, under as well uh really
0: minutes i mean
1: yeah. Real quick, by the way, I, I'm remiss because uh, before we move on to the West, um, I asked a couple of our team side folks um, this question. Nice. Yes. Who would they pick? Uh, we, only got a, we asked it late, so I didn't get a ton of responses. It's nobody's fault but my own. I did get responses from Daniel Reynolds of Raptors, Raptors HQ, who we've had on the show. His picks, number one, Indiana. Number two, Miami. Number three, Milwaukee. Number four, Philly. And number five, Washington. So hmm. he would pick the, the Pacers just like uh, you guys both would. Or I guess, Pina. no, just like Peanut would. It's <laughs> a nice regular season story, but the Pacers do not have the firepower to run with the Raptors for a seven-game series. Easily the least scary Eastern Conference team. And we also heard from our friend Chris Manning from Fear of the Sword. His picks, uh, he would most want to face Miami. Number two, he would most, after that, though, is Milwaukee. Number three, Washington. Number four, Indiana. Number five, Philly. So according to our draft, you would he would have picked the Bucks. Okay. Mm. There you go. He says, the only team I'd really dread facing would be the 76ers, but all nah. four of the other teams can do things that would annoy the Cavs. Maybe I'm too low on the Bucks here considering they have Giannis. I yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, Indiana has smashed Cleveland this year, but it was when Cleveland was at their worst. Yeah. But they have beaten yeah. Cleveland up for six.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't even know how you judge Cleveland in this regular season. I mean, they've had they have a terrible defense and they probably will still have a terrible defense although not as bad as second worst in the league. I think they're like 18th after the All-Star break mm. and they'll tr- be trying. Um so it's just I don't uh, all <laughs> the injuries. Be trying.
0: It's such a terrible prerequisite like prerequisite for well,
1: basketball. It's, it's true. I know. I know it's I know. a lot of games in the regular season. I understand it is. I mean, it's a long if season. There was
0: ever a case for a shorter season this season is a uh-huh. great case this set. is a
1: whole nother topic but I am I am <laughs> be, 1000% yeah. on board with shorter season right now <laughs> I was like maybe 80% on board with it last year this year I'm like weighing on it Hey, Ben, I have a question for you. What's that, Mike? How weird would it be if the NBA playoffs didn't feature the San Antonio Spurs? Pretty weird, right?
0: That, my, feels like my whole life they've been part of the playoffs. And that's
1: because they are. And wouldn't it feel weird if your whole adult life you didn't see the San Antonio Spurs, which means you wouldn't have seen their 40-year-old Manu Ginobili <laughs> in the playoffs. That's right. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of Ginobili, and I'm glad you brought him up, and
0: Mostly because we have the same hairline. We're both just like we're bald guys. You know, I'm a little younger than him, but we had the same basic male pattern baldness. You can see it. And I always thought to myself, it's interesting. He carries himself with that type of you know confidence because most good people you know would have tried to fix that. And and so you would
1: think. You would think. Yeah. yeah. Probably because he didn't know of of hymns. Do do you know of hymns? Have you heard of hymns? Uh, I have not. Tell me a little okay. bit more about him. Is this product that Mono Ginobili really should have used 10 years ago? At least, right? I mean, who knows what his career
0: could have been like for the last uh, five to six years if he had, if he had heard of him. So... We know that like 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. So who was right in that, that realm when he became sort of the, the real true shave it down to zero guy like myself. Um, and hymns which you could find, by the way, at 4 I would recommend going there first. Don't listen to everything I'm saying here for fact. Go read it on the website. That's most important. Uh, it is the one-stop shop for things like hair loss, but also skincare, sexual wellness, and basically just things for men. And I don't know really what that last part, the sexual wellness aspect, is, but that's why you should go to forhims.com However, the hair loss and skincare, well, I can appreciate those things. Those are you know things that I, I hold near and dear to my heart as uh, as someone who likes a, a good lotion for his hands uh, when it gets cold here in the winter in New York. So. Mike, it's funny. I know Manu is someone who probably would take care of his hands. Probably is someone who, well, I'm not going to speak for him, but might have been interested in the hair loss, uh, uh, you know, aspects of the four hims. Dotcom's uh, hymns is probably the place that he would have gone. So what you can do is if you're interested in someone who's in similar boat as myself and Manu, uh, you can go to, and this is important. You can order it now. Um, for, for our listeners here for, at the Limited Upside, um, you can get a trial a month for hymns for just $5 today right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. Like
1: I said before, that's 4 And this would cost you a lot of money if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. And Manu Ginobili, even though he's rich, probably wanted to save some money.
0: I would imagine that that'd be something that he'd be interested in. Just... A smart decision for a smart player.
1: He probably also wouldn't want to sit in the waiting room and mess people. People are like, wait, is that Manu Ginobili at the doctor's office? No, he kind of wants to do this nice and private. That's what he uh, could they do. do fly Southwest do fly southwest, that is true. But I think he would rather do this nice and discreetly. You can do that at 4 Hymns. You don't have any snake oil pills, no supplements. You don't have to go to the gas station and awkwardly be like, ah, oh, this is totally not a PED. This is something for my hair. You don't have to do any of that. If he had known about 4 Hymns, I bet he would love to go there. Agreed. Agreed. And so that's 4 slash
0: upside for that 3 month trial um with I'm sorry for the, for the trial month of hymns uh with $5 off uh today um save those hundreds don't go to the pharmacy that's f o r h i m s.com that's for hims.com backslash upside
1: anyway the western conference another pod let's transition conference. okay so all right the mm-hmm. Number one seed in this exercise will be the Houston Rockets. The number two seed will be the Golden State Warriors. And the number three seed will be the Portland Trailblazers. Congratulations to Portland for surging to that spot. That leaves the following five teams for these teams to pick. The San Antonio Spurs, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Utah Jazz, and the New Orleans Pelicans. I think this will be real interesting to hear what you guys think for number one. Who, if you... Other Rockets, Mike Pena? Would you pick to play in the first round?
2: This was real, real tough. Um, I went with—I think it might be viewed as a surprise. Uh, I chose the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Man, I was going to take them too, and I was thinking like, <laughs> wow, nobody would pick them. All right, so we have some great minds. Ben, who would you take? That, that was a great like. I,
0: I was gonna. I was, I was gonna was be great. the clever um, one. Damn it! No, you have me laughing. <laughs> I have the I have the pelicans. I have, I have the pelicans. Okay.
1: and for sure, I, for sure on that one. So here's another. Let me let me ask this question one more time, uh, just as like an alteration. So we just get this out of the way before we have to talk about it. Let's say Kawhi Leonard is not returning for the playoffs. Does that change your decision for any of these things? No. Okay. Uh, no. No. I, I factored no. that in. It would change mine, but probably not at this. I would probably. If you told
0: me he's coming back, then I would change it. But I I went with him not playing. Okay, I so factored. we're
1: assuming he's not playing. Okay. So, Mike Pino. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. Mike Pino, why Minnesota?
2: Well, first of all, I don't. I mean, they've had a real tough schedule recently, so I think their numbers are a little skewed. Um They're just not, specifically against the Rockets, a team that can go with, like, five wings at the same time. The Timberwolves are just an awful, awful matchup. And you're asking them to defend at an extremely high level, which they have not shown they can do at all throughout the entire season. You're depending on Andrew Wiggins to be a really good offensive player. Uh, That's Mike's favorite player. player. (laughs) um, And I... (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't I, – it pains me to say this, but I just don't trust uh, Tibbs g- conducting his rotation in, in a sane manner in a, in a playoff series. So um, I've been pretty disappointed with this team in terms of the lineups that they played, uh, in terms of how they've approached offense, uh, minus what they've done with Towns, um, and – I think the Rockets would just steamroll them.
1: This is even if Jimmy Butler is back and fine, right? You would still have
2: Minnesota. I in picking Minnesota, I kind of I'll admit that I I kind of hedged a little bit and figured that even if Jimmy came back, he would be at like 80% max. Um but even if he did come back, yeah, I would still pick the Timberwolves.
1: Here are the results of the games between the Timberwolves and Rockets this year. Uh, And by the way, Jimmy Butler played in. How many of them? He played in at least one of them. Well, Uh, he hurt himself in one of them. That's right. He hurt himself in one of them. Okay.
0: Apparently, Embiid just got a concussion.
1: So, should we change our picks?
2: Do you gotta stop even...
1: watching basketballs as a record podcast, man? <laughs> yeah. just, I know. It's just totally this, isn't gonna, this
2: part part of the pod is not gonna age well.
1: No. No, um, I know,
2: I know. He,
1: here okay. are the scores between the Tim Rolls and Rockets this year. At at Houston, one sixteen ninety-eight, January eighteenth. At Minnesota, February thirteenth, one twenty-six one oh eight Rockets win. At Houston, February twenty-third, right after the All-Star break, one twenty-one oh two Houston. At Minnesota, March 18th, uh, a in a game that was probably not as close as the score indicated, 129-120 Houston. So, Houston dropped 129, 120, 126, and 116 on the Timberwolves this year. That, my friends, is why I'm taking Minnesota uh, as the team of Houston to play. Like Pina said, I don't see how they can match up stylistically. I think it's a really awful matchup you know, even if you put Wiggins and Butler on the two guards, it's hard for me to see how they're going to be able to hide Cowns in space. And then when they play Eric Gordon with those two players, who's the third guy that guards him? I think they're going to feast on those sorts of things. Uh, And the Wolves are really good, I think, at kind of exploiting mismatches and getting inside. But Houston kind of invites that stuff, and then they kill you with cross matches on the other end. So I just think it's an awful matchup. Now, Ben, you have New Orleans. Um, yeah, if, almost because the same re- rationale from my previous
0: pick with Milwaukee for um, for the Raptors. but I feel like if it, it's stop one guy, you always want to have less variables to have to mitigate. I so feel like that might be a Popovichism or something, but like, or a Belichickism, but like that's the key here. I think I think Anthony Davis is incredible, but I don't trust basically anyone else on that roster to be a threat in the playoffs. I think Drew's a nice player. You know, I've always been a big Drew Holiday fan, but like I'll take my chances with Drew Holiday being like the number two on a team who's gonna try to win a playoff series against a prolific team like Houston. So um yeah, I I felt like the Pelicans were kind of the obvious pick because you guys obviously both said like with a bit of a You said with a bit of a, uh, you know, pick out of nowhere or whatever for Minnesota. So I I thought the Pelicans were the obvious pick as well. But um, tell me, tell me if you think Pelicans are somehow a more dangerous team that I'm I'm missing here. But that that was who I had. Uh,
2: I mean, I think my answer for not picking them is kind of the same reason why I was a little bit afraid of Milwaukee. And I think Anthony Davis is a better player than Giannis. So, yeah, if I'm looking yeah. at New Orleans, and especially if they're matched up with Houston, I mean, they're just going to try to play as fast as possible. And Anthony Davis is going to play a ton of minutes. And, you know, I would assume that Miritich would factor in as kind of a key component in the series offensively. And yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think that they would stand a chance, but... <laughs> you just never never know with someone like Anthony Davis averaging 45 and 20 for a series or something like sure. that. That's
1: true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I mean you I can say like the really... same about Towns, I suppose. I was going to say Towns is a nice but defense. Thing. Right. Sure. Sure. I mean that's sure. the thing that that comes back to for me. So if you I think that the teams that will give the Rockets the most problems are actually in a weird way the teams with the best rim defense. So That's why the Sixers played them really well this year. Twice. Right. And I think if you watch the Toronto game, you know, for about a half, Toronto was so exaggerated at protecting the rim. Right. Minnesota yeah. does not have that, but New Orleans has that with Davis and – you know, Emeka Okafor when they played big. (laughs) You laugh, but I'm just saying. (laughs) So I I love it, man. It's great, man. It's great. He's
0: another hacks guy. He was a really nice guy too, man. And and I obviously hold a place for, he played in the Sixers, like G league at a point to get back.
1: So, right. And obviously Utah has that, although Utah has struggled against the, the Rockets this year. Um Utah has that uh factor and they're playing the much better. Protection. And so I that's more that's the, the reason why I take Minnesota and not New Orleans. It's more so okay. on the other end of the floor.
0: Right on. All right. Um well let's take uh we'll take Minnesota off the board then for you for you guys. Um for the for the Warriors, um I'll start I guess I'll start it off. For the Warriors, i I want the Spurs. Really? Um, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I, I want the Spurs. Give me, give me pop, whatever. But I also think this is no Kawhi, guys. That's a we, right. You know, I went on that assumption. Yeah. Then it's it's give me the Spurs. Let's like roll the dice here and let us see if we can like extend LaMarcus Aldridge a little bit, um, make him move a lot more than he wants to. He seems to be banged up right now too. I believe as of like yeah, last night, I banged
2: up his knee last night. It sucks.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm, the, you might be convinced. You might be convincing me. But anyway, Mike, who would you have?
2: I have the Pelicans. <laughs> okay and, All right, well, yeah it's just warriors at full strength i mean you could basically throw out any of these teams and it wouldn't matter uh sure. i i'm kind of but they won't a be at full
1: strength that's the thing like steph's not playing in the first round no he's not
2: that is true and i literally forgot about that, <laughs> like they're not—they're not at full strength. So, I actually think I—yeah, I, I'm still going with the
1: pick-up. Okay, I think I'm taking the Spurs too, actually, because at yeah. the end of the day, it, I would rather face a team led by LaMarcus Aldridge and a bunch of guys who I'm not terribly afraid of. Yeah, than I would Anthony Davis and a bunch of guys I'm not terribly afraid of. I mean, the Warriors have really Aldridge has had his moments, but I think the Warriors would much rather have to deal with LaMarcus Aldridge and Anthony Davis.
2: Yeah, you mean the other way around? All the way around,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, they much rather deal with Lamarcus Aldridge than Anthony Davis. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Wait. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's they right. Cool. Spurs.
1: Spurs. And shooting would be a problem, so the Warriors could shrink the floor pretty well. And Kawhi's sort of the ultimate equalizer uh, in that matchup, and he he does he's not there. Yeah, I I think I would rather face San Antonio too. After I exclaimed shock, um, oh. but was- you know. Because you know, is not going to be able to score. I mean, the, the bottom line is that New Orleans, you know, for what uh, – the Warriors are going to have trouble scoring at the same rate that they usually do without Curry. They're going to have to win more on the defensive end. That's their only real path to being as dominant as they are with Steph because Steph, the Steph effect is massive. So if you put them against a team that can put points on the board, and New Orleans can, I think that would be more of a challenge. But if you put them against a team that can't score, you know – with in an open gym outside of LaMarcus Aldridge, which is what the Spurs can't do, I think that's, you know, it'll be a more inconvenient series, but it'll be an easier one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the Spurs, it's just like they don't beat themselves. They play, they execute on defense on every possession. although I think in transition they've been a little lazy lately. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know. Like, you're bringing... You're bringing Tony Manu and Pau Gasol off your bench and like, I don't know, for some reason I, I know those guys aren't even close to what they used to be, but I, I like those three on the floor at the same time against a warrior's bench that frankly, isn't really that great right now.
1: No, um, that's a good point. All, you know. That's true. And, yeah, that the old Wiley veteran benches are one of my underrated joys of the season. When they play those three together with Rudy Gay and someone else, it's like the old geezers. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So, All right. so fair. Ben, you would have um, San Antonio. I'd- I would have San Antonio, nice. and Pina, you would have New Orleans. After picking, so still left on the board for Portland to pick for Pina, it is San Antonio utah and oklahoma city for ben it is utah oklahoma city and uh new minnesota Minnesota. for me it is new orleans utah and uh oklahoma city okay so so who are you taking ben for portland
0: uh give me the jazz hmm yeah and and part of this part of my minnesota play here is i just i don't know i'm Probably could have been Minnesota for any of these as well, but I like the Jazz for the Blazers. Um, Mostly just the Portland derives most of its success from its guards. Also, right now, the Mo Harkless injury changes their team significantly. Yeah, it's a big
1: loss. Sneaky big loss. Yeah. Out of nowhere, too. He was, I
0: mean, I guess fine or had some knee soreness and then all of a sudden surgery. The
1: season season is too long, man. The
0: surgery is is too long. Surgeries this time of year are the worst because you can't force a guy back for his long-term health either and it's so close to the next season now too and that because it's like starts right back up in you know five months anyhow um so point being I, i i also think with the jazz i like show me mitchell in the um in the playoffs like let's let's see what this rookie can do it's the same thing with the sixers as well like there are a lot of things that we don't know about young teams um specifically the best player of you know the guy who's kind of changed the whole dynamic for Utah's franchise right now is someone who's never played a playoff game. He's obviously risen to the occasion almost the entire season. Um, and then also Gobert's an interesting player because although he's super dynamic um, on defense and he's obviously gotten better at offense and he's a sneaky good passer, but like, he's not someone who you necessarily go to. And, and one of the things I think Portland could do is potentially, they have a bunch of different bigs. They could just kind of like throw around him, make him uncomfortable, but ultimately it's extend the court a lot, play in a lot of space and, and make the jazz kind of play out of their, um, their comfort zone. It would, if, if, if that would be the best way to describe it. But I would say like push the jazz to play a game. They're not necessarily um, would play at their best uh, you know, pace or tempo or space.
1: No. Yeah. Well, tell me how wrong I am about that. <laughs> no, this this was really tough, Mike. Who do you got?
2: I have the Jazz as well. Uh,
1: okay. Really? Um, I, I'm uh, so. So I I think you guys make really good points, especially so about so how so you the can same reasons, Pina. Sure.
2: Uh, Most of I mean, I just don't trust their offense. Yeah. Um, and you know, Mitchell has been really cold. Uh, in stretches since the All-Star break. But the one stat I have looking at these two teams is Utah, since the All-Star break, is the worst turnover percentage in the NBA. Portland has the second best. And if I'm looking at Portland, which is a really good defensive team, and I'm looking at Utah, which can't score, and is turning the ball over on offense, I just don't know how Utah puts up enough points to make this a competitive series and I really respect Utah and I respect how they play and I respect their defense. Uh, but I, I, I think Portland is just too dynamic offensively. Uh, Lillard's just kind of gone to a different level and the heartless injury does hurt. And, you know, stubbing Evan Turner into that slot, if that's what they choose to do, that's going to really damage them a little bit, but I don't know. I, I, the other team that I had here was the Spurs, and I just can't bring myself to pick the Spurs. Like I can't. If I was a coach in the NBA, I'm not choosing to play the Spurs. I almost don't care who's on the team.
1: <laughs> hey man, the 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 franchise doesn't play the games on the court; it's played by players. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing.
2: That is, that is true.
1: Um, yeah. So, are you? Neither of you guys are worried about the idea of a team that's built around. Guards, you know, creating plays uh, and scoring for themselves mostly. Is the Portland, I believe, is still the lowest assist percentage team in the league, right? Or is that has that changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not worried yeah, about you're not worried about that type of team going against a really good defense that funnels everything to a great big guy.
2: Uh, I mean, both of them are pull, can shoot pull up threes and force Gobert out if possible. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't, I don't really necessarily think this is a super great matchup for Gobert, and I'm not a huge Gobert fan. So
1: Really? No, so he's not a top 10 player in the league. <laughs> no, I, I,
2: don't, I never thought he was. Because <laughs> uh, that was all I'm inside. I don't get it.
1: Someone no, that's been like a discussion that sort of popped up recently, which I think is a little much, and I like Gobert. No way. I like he's Gobert. I understand. The, the point is basically that if you look at the impact he has, it's top 10 impact. Which I well, that's
2: get. A, that's what Lindsay said after they lost uh, Gordon in free agency. We still have a top ten player.
1: Um. I, I guess I can see that argument. I think it's somewhat contextual, but I mean I can understand that. And it is true that that they'll pull Gobert out. It's always been the great push and pull. Uh, of This matchup the, of the how far can they push Gobert all the way out uh, versus how much can Utah just sort of beat up. Portland and inside and just sort of get into their space and make it really hard. Cause I actually am going to go with a little bit of a curveball here. here. Um, I think that Portland, if they, if they get you kind of to trap them and moving in a certain rhythm, that's when they're most dangerous. And the one team that they've been able to do that against this year because of the style of defense that they play is also the team that I think I might pick reluctantly for this. And that's Oklahoma city. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I was hoping you would say that. Why? Just because I want to talk about them. I badly <laughs> wanted to pick the Thunder in, in this exercise. So what's what stomach for it?
1: Okay. So the logic is, so <laughs> Portland is 4-0 against Oklahoma City this year. They just beat them uh, in Oklahoma City. Barely. Uh, it was a great game. It was a game they led most of the way, and then, uh, or they led by a lot, and Oklahoma City came back. Um, and it was also a game where you saw... The Thunder sort of run around, trapping really heavily on the ball, which is kind of the blueprint for beating them. I mean, the big question about Portland is, is sort of okay, great, like they can move the ball in the regular season, but like when Alfa Minu and Harkless and Turner are left open, like can they make enough shots to make that work? And that's sort of always been the open question for Portland every time they make the playoffs. But they were doing well in this game, and Nurkic was, I thought, awesome in this game. So they would draw the you know, Adams all the way out and kind of take advantage of Oklahoma City's gambling nature and just very aggressive defense. And except for a stage where I think there was, what, like a 17-0 run or something like that in the second quarter of that game? It was something like that. They kind of successfully got Oklahoma City to be like the cat chasing the ball yarn, you know, like just sort of out of sorts and and beating them that way. And I think – That's how Portland wins. It's not necessarily like, yeah, okay, Lillard pulling up from 30 feet is like dangerous. But when Portland is really clicking is when they get the sort of four on threes and really move it out of that so well. And I think that the team team they have the best chance of doing that against, because if you look at the other teams that are still left on the board here, New Orleans and Utah are much more conservative defenses. They are much more drop-heavy. So you're basically saying Lillard's got to score 35 a night, which could do to win that series. Oklahoma City, I think, is the only matchup that they have the best chance of getting the most team effort to win, I think. And therefore, reluctantly, I'm taking. I would take Oklahoma City.
2: So do you not think that, portland could beat the pelicans or who would do, would they not be favorites in that series in your opinion oh
1: i think they would be favorites um i also just don't know like again uh, there's the davis factor like who's guarding that dude in on portland yeah. Zach collins? <laughs> <laughs> and the collins yeah like there's i don't really see I, I actually didn't watch the game last night um and I know Lillard was like on fire. I just think that as great as Lillard is, like, I'm not sure like my strategy to win a series is Lillard's gotta score 35 a night. It could happen, but I think that's limiting their ceiling. And I think if you play Oklahoma City, you actually have the best chance. I might be totally overthinking this, but you know, because that obviously is a Westbrook factor. I think that Portland's the two guards have been much improved defensively this year, and I think their strategy can Bait Westbrook into some bad de- and George into bad decisions. And I think it would be a great series, but I, I think that they can win the mental game against Oklahoma City in a way that I don't think they could against the other two teams. And therefore, I would take them.
0: Well, I, I, I had Oklahoma City, Minnesota in, in my uh, four or five matchup because I thought it would be a fun matchup that was literally just the reason why it kind of played out that way <laughs> they were just the two left and i was like well that'd be fun that'd be great to see you know caranthony towns and uh, and westbrook in the same series and i, I do only have to watch one series to watch a number of players that i would individually have to seek out and that that's great um So, yeah, uh, that was my rationale there, guys. There were just the two two teams that happened to have left. But I know you guys had Minnesota off the board first, so it was a little bit my last chance to say something about that. No, I like Um, that
1: we had different answers in the West. I think the West is a little bit more difficult to figure out than the East. Super close. It's even closer, I guess. The East is close, too. Because, I mean, the Um, East, you kind of know that Philly is like this big, bad, like we don't want to deal with these dudes, even if – I think that they will not be. They have a lot of questions about how they can play in the playoffs, but they just seem like really scary. And then Washington's got a little bit of a pedigree of being kind of like this team that rises its level in the playoffs after scoring around the regular season. And so then you're basically left with three other teams, and the question becomes how much are you scared of Milwaukee? In the West, I think it's much, much more difficult to figure out. I think. If like the if the seeds worked out differently, I think Utah might be a team I would have picked for one of these teams. I just don't know if Portland is the team that I want Utah playing.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's also just the dynamic that it's not like the East where I mean, granted, I was going to make the argument that the Sixers should be the three seed, and then I was going to say that they should pick the Cavs because you know whatever, fuck it, just play the most high profile game series you could get. But I mean, congratulations on so-
1: your four one playoff defeat. Uh, yeah, yeah, there
0: it's right so that's that's um you know so i didn't so i didn't bring that up you know because i wouldn't say that i just did the like the trump sub subtweet where he's just like and i'm not one who's going to say this but that's what i was going to say um so so you didn't do um, it you didn't do no, the trump I, I, I didn't, <laughs> okay. didn't but, <laughs> no, no but it's not like the west is not like the east where like the top 3 teams are like uh, very cut and dry because even though portland's been the third best team this year I wonder what Vegas would have with a Portland series against any of these teams, specifically like Vegas is not one to be putting money against the Spurs all willy-nilly either. So I wonder what that would actually look like for the lines that matter. Um, But that's probably why the West is so much harder.
1: All right. So to review uh, our West playoff matchups, Pina, you would have Houston versus Minnesota, Golden State versus New Orleans. Correct. And, Portland against Utah. Yes. And then you would have Oklahoma City against the Spurs. Correct. Ben, you would have Houston against New Orleans, Mm -hmm. Golden State against the Spurs, Mm -hmm. and Portland against Utah. That's
0: correct. And then then
1: Oklahoma City, Minnesota. That's right. And I would have Houston against Minnesota Golden State against San Antonio, Portland against Oklahoma City, and then the matchup to decide who gets the Jazz nickname, New Orleans versus Utah. <laughs> That's good.
0: <laughs> Once and for all, we'll finally decide the city most deserving of Jazz.
1: Yeah, the one that is uh, Mormon and doesn't have bars open on Sunday or the city that has Jazz in bars yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, we'll finally be able to decide. that's it. probably mean um, of, to to me to say Mormons. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, no, it's okay. That's that's
2: that's their decision.
0: Probably pretty accurate. Um, it's their decision. <laughs> their
1: decision.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, okay. All right, cool. Well, that was good. That was a pretty good exercise right there, and I hope that the playoffs play out as uh, as interestingly as as just even doing this was because like right now there's so much up for grabs that positionally speaking, um, most of the teams that we talked about are, I mean, everyone's set at this point, except for maybe the West, but we'll see about that. Um, and by the way, I wanted to ask that. Do you think that there is a chance, either of you, that Minnesota, I guess, or Utah, but that any of them get caught at this point by the Clippers, who in the loss column, I believe are only one game behind Minnesota and two mm-hmm. behind the Jazz. Do you think that's, and the Spurs are actually, and New Orleans are all at that 32 um, win mark. So do you think there's a chance that any of those teams fall out, particularly Minnesota?
2: i I think Minnesota's really lucky that Gary Harris injured his knee mm. um that's what I think, but I'm not sure I don't know. the Clippers have been playing pretty well lately i I would not put money on them passing Minnesota though I think their schedule really smoothens out from here on out
1: so just so we I'm looking at Clippers' schedule, they have a lot of games against these sort of teams. They got Portland on the road on Friday they have um Indiana coming in on the 1st they have San Antonio coming in then they have Utah and then they have Denver and then they have New Orleans so yeah, they're playing in a lot of it's they're playing just in a lot of games against it's not even like how good the teams are at this stage of the of the season it's sort of like what which of these teams have something to play for dude it's, it's I, I,
0: look this is stupid and selfish but i do fantasy basketball and it gives me a better perspective of just the ins and outs of about 12 teams in this league that are just rotating bums right now like guys who and it's so funny as a Sixers fan who watched this up close and personal I never took offense to it but now I'm like like what are we what are we doing with like
1: literally oh now that the shoe is on the other foot foot, (laughs) oh man dude
0: it's fine if it's one or two teams sometimes three teams but when it's
1: Ten teams—it's a third of the league, and it's, a, it's just completely ridiculous. Ah, oh, wow! Now <sighs> I know we've come full circle. The Sixers fan complaining—oh, did you—that too team many team not, teams like, aren't trying friends? at the end of the season. The Sixers fan complaining did about you, this. Four to
0: whatever five wins a season for, for three years was that not nice? Come
1: on, <laughs> just I mean I agree with your point. I'm just laughing that you're the one yeah, who says of it. Of course, the season is too long, and yeah. these games are stupid. <laughs> yep. yep. And by the way, the other thing, I, last thing I want to say is to the NBA. I really <laughs> want to see them adopt the G League format. I think it would be awesome. And I also think it would it would inadvertently help tanking because now there's much more of incentive of just getting in the top eight than just having being the sacrificial land of the one seed, you know. You might Absolutely. still be that, but there is actually you may not necessarily play them in the first yeah, round if you get just... to eight. And so I think that would actually help the playoff race a lot. It would add a lot of spice to these first round series. I bring it on. I'm all for do you, this. Do you worry, though, that de-incentivizing uh, the, whatever, fourth,
0: fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth seeds might lead to more of those teams just resting players, though, once they might have more of a fixed
1: playoff position? I mean, probably, but yeah. so yeah. what? To- <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yes. I'd rather have – but see, from the from the league's perspective, I'd rather have a rested – I'd rather have, like, the – pelicans maybe it's better in the east i'd rather have those like east teams like kind of chilling and making sure that their stars are healthy than i would like i'd rather have that than you know the tanking them like playing their asses off just to get like the sixth seed versus the fifth seed or fifth seed versus sixth seed and then they're not at their pill capacity in the playoffs like i actually don't think it's that big of a deal if you know the teams that are already in but are sort of in the in the jumbled middle like rest their guys i think that would actually right. make the playoffs more interesting right
2: there're just yeah. so many teams right now that you just i don't know about you mike or ben but i just have completely lost track of and i'm i'm just ignoring them 100% yeah. like, i oh, can't yeah, yeah. i can't do it with something like over half the league at this point i know that we're we're basically on the home stretch but it's, uh, yeah, we need to uh, talk about short end the season here.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I subjected myself to the Charlotte Memphis 61, whatever, 61 point beatdown, uh, just because I wanted to see, <laughs> as like an it's experiment, a good example experiment to see, like, how, just how bad was this game. And man, I immediately regretted it. Every bit Immediately it. regretted it. I learned nothing. Yeah, there there was, was the point of that night where, like, if, if, that game. the
0: Sixers were playing, like, someone like orlando maybe and they were up like 30 simultaneously to memphis being down by 40 and it was like what what like guys come on
2: i was watching michigan versus texas a&m which was another blowout but yeah (laughs) a little different after that it was all terrible it was just a terrible night of basketball
1: oh joel indeed facial contusion will not return yeah yeah thank god Mm. i know i saw that i didn't want to give you guys you know news but uh that, that's huge. Um, a facial contusion is not that different from. They could have just been saying that's what it was. No, they
0: they. Uh, my friends texted the uh, thread here. That's uh, they said not a concussion. It's not a woozy. His jaw. You know, he got he got uh, literally. It's like a knot. Like a get punched. You know, he, if you guys see the play later, he takes just the shoulder to the jaw. So, yeah. Anyhow, no more no injuries. big deal. No big Injuries. Nothing. Too many. He's injuries. totally fine, Mike. He's fine. He's great. Um, no, I, I no more injuries, but like specifically, please don't let Embiid get hurt. Um, <sighs> good way to end this one, guys. Just with me getting anxious about the Sixers.
1: Spot on. I don't think there's enough Wizards angst in this podcast. <laughs> you this year, you've been you were a surprisingly... lot
2: more optimistic than I expected. I yeah. just
1: this year has been very frustrating, and I'm just sort of dumb. <laughs> I appreciated – Andrew Sharp had a great tweet uh, the other day after they lost to the Knicks um, in a game I didn't watch live. He said, we're at the thinking about swearing off the Wizards forever point in the season, but that's good But that because that means the misleading but still awesome playoff run is just around the corner. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true. Summed it up perfectly. Got them right where you want them. It's also sort of like – I think that they will. Be, I, I, my my random prediction for them is that they will tank and get the seven seed to to face Boston.
2: Entirely possible. I think I would want to play Boston right now.
1: I think they're only like what, like a game up on Miami right now. Uh, I can tell you right now they are a game and a half, two games in the last So they got they got some work to do. But I think that that is the strategy at this point.
0: Hmm. But look, if Embiid misses a couple games, the Sixers are going to lose a couple games um, potentially, and so that could that could shift a lot of things too in the standings. all of a sudden, uh, I don't know.
2: I, I I would say that they would still have a chance. I mean, who's they like? What do they got? Like five they, games in a row against the yeah. Hawks coming up? <laughs> they do. They have the Cavs, I believe. Like.
1: They have. Uh, they do have. They have a joke because, schedule down the stretch. The because, Sixers. All right, easy guys. They
0: played everybody. No, I know. I'm just happy. Can I tell you both? I'm super stoked that the Sixers don't have to play um, the Sixers
1: because that would be terrible. Yeah, um, that would be so, kind of weird that the Sixers <laughs> had to play the Sixers. By uh, the way, um, and by the way, if for some reason the Wizards tank too hard and get eight. They played Toronto <laughs> pretty well this year. Yeah. So yeah. I think they I would be totally. fine with that. Yeah. Um,
0: Sixers do have. Atlanta-Charlotte-Brooklyn-Detroit, then Cleveland-Dallas-Atlanta-Milwaukee. So, yeah. So yeah, there are some... two
1: games there that actually might matter.
0: It feels about right, yeah. I mean, they and that's the...
1: the Knicks, man. The Knicks, Knicks always play them well. It's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, Trey Burke, you know, impossible to stop. <laughs> did, yeah. you see, uh, yeah, yeah. did you see his people comparing him to Allen Iverson after one of the moves he made against the Hornets? I, like, I think it was a joke because he also had cornrows so kind of Yeah,
2: cornrows, yeah, yeah.
0: It's because yeah, exactly, the homage. He he's paying respects, I suppose. He he does like he is like a a poor man's Iverson the way he plays, like that Very that poor man's too. <laughs>
1: he's like um he's like, you know, in another in a third world country poor man's. Yeah, yeah. Iverson. yeah. <laughs> like for sure. Yeah, uh, he's
0: got he's got the he's got the Patriots 2018 uh, T-shirts on type
2: Jesus. Christ. Okay. You know, okay. this podcast I'm sorry. Is really go- whatever the opposite of an exclamation point is, that's how this is ending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man i'm
0: sorry pina come on man um uh,
1: no I, just, I didn't mean just, that in like uh yeah all right whatever <laughs> i can't walk all my right. way out of this one That's,
0: we've now taken it past the point of, of uh oh, of the limited man. upside so let's uh let's call it a night again uh mike pina vice uh vice sports uh anything we should be looking out for you and plug at the end of this real quick
2: uh no just uh i guess follow me on twitter michael v pina i got some stuff coming out hopefully before the playoffs start that I've been working on for a while, so uh, nice. look out for those tweets.
1: Awesome, awesome! We yeah, always appreciate a, coming on. It was a great Lamarcus Aldridge story. You you got some really hmm. interesting. It's very hard to get Lamarcus Aldridge to totally open up to someone, so kudos. Uh, oh, that was really you. interesting. Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's, it's great.
0: Um, cool. And then, uh, Parade, I know you guys have just a ton of stuff coming out for SB Nation, um, but particularly, I know you guys are doing a, like what, videos, you got, some, you got some drawing board stuff. You yeah. You
1: guys so we, um, just so everybody knows, obviously, Parade's Pictures has been rechristened as drawing board. Um, and we did a bunch of MCAA ones that I didn't really spend a lot of time with because of Parenthood and because I don't watch college, but we have... Videos on four of the top prospects in this draft. DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Mikael Bridges, and Jaron Jackson that they've made. So drawing board's sort of been repurposed to college for this month, but it will be back in NBA's coffers. There will be one before the playoffs and pr- hopefully two during the during the month of May. Um, and we also have a couple big features coming out uh, from the staff that I'm really excited about and I that will come out next week that... I think people will really enjoy
0: awesome great all right well until next time everybody it's great to be back uh this is a limited upside podcast